to episode 22 of It's Five O'Clock Somewhere. I'm Alexandra Wyman. And I'm Anna Gazzetti. Anna Gazzetti. Anna Gazzetti. And we are the Russian sisters. What's up? Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode. Yeah. You want to know who we're toasting today? Who are we toasting? Well, it was just the 4th of July. So we are toasting America. Oh, America. Yeah. And yeah. um, so happy birthday, Mirka. And also happy birthday to Buddy. Yes, Buddy just had a birthday. And you know what I'm not excited about the 4th of July anymore? I used to love, 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 love fireworks N- anymore. Ugh. Like I, Don't get me I, I think I've become to loathe them because of all the people who shoot them off in their neighborhoods and it like i have this before they already this, started yes here. in my neighborhood well, this weekend they started before it was really bad the fourth of july and i have this yeah. jumpy jump response they started like a good week before fourth of july and then they usually go after and i was you know i have a she's not a new she's a new dog to us but not a new dog mm-hmm. and i wasn't sure how she would do because mm-hmm. she's gonna um i just wasn't sure yeah like is she gonna freak out because last year The dog that we had, I mean, it was so bad. We got no sleep at all last year. We ended up having to put on like all the fans and all the bath. It was so bad. The weighted vests and give them drugs. Yeah. She, our old dog didn't do very well with it. Um, This one seems to be okay. But yeah, I'm not a big fan. Our brother's dogs don't do well either. No. Well, and a lot of animals don't. You guys probably know that. Like they freak out. My well, cats and there's are a terrified that they can hear that we can't. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's even more. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, and- it makes me really sad because I used to love going to shows and it was like a very special thing on occasion. And now people are just doing them all the time. Yeah. It really it's continuing with the theme of people just being rude. I know. <laughs> Dag nabbits. Right. And anymore. So I was driving home and one went off like right around where I was driving and I jumped in my car. Mm-hmm. Like I had such like a stress oh, yeah. response to it. People do not care at all. No. And I've tried yeah. to like even say, you know, put out like PSAs on Facebook. Like, hey, guys, consider being considerate. And consider then. Consider being considerate. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I never read anything on Nextdoor. And I wouldn't ever about this because it would just be like such, such an antagonizing thing for people. And yeah. they get all up in arms. Like people want to be able to shoot off their own fireworks. Mm-hmm. They are illegal where we live, people. They are illegal. Yes. But those kind anyway that, that you put up into the sky. America's birthday, you yeah. don't trample on America's rights. You know, we got rights. <laughs> we, got rights. <laughs> we got rights to. Oh my gosh! Right, I was about to say we got rights to not get vaccinated or get vaccinated. My body, oh, my choice. Boy. But we're not going to talk about that today. Well, that is kind of how I ended up without a daycare. But <laughs> that's okay. Right, it is. Yes, you're right. Like it is your body and your choice. And That's right. Let's and just think about ourselves and, and nobody else anymore. And I'm going to do what's best for me. But that is not what we're talking about today. <laughs> Happy birthday, Marco. Happy birthday, America, land of individualism. <laughs> so I am grateful to live here, right? Hmm. Like when you travel you to other countries and you're oh like, gosh, I really miss a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was thinking more of like how amazing it is that you can get off public transportation without um, an officer of the law holding like an, an AK-47 in your face. Yes. Right. That is nice. Minor details. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't do have appreciate to, that. I'm sure I'm sure people would argue with me. I would say that, yes, there may be some places in the U.S. where it's better to be home before dark, mm-hmm. um, but it's but it, it does not compare to other places I've been where like no literally it's not a it's not a you could lose your life it is a you will lose your life if you are not 
I'm not at home no. in in surrounded by the gates of wherever you're staying before dark. Don't so. get me wrong. I'm glad I, I can vote. No, we, we are very lucky. I can here. drive. We are very lucky here in the U.S. of A. I can cohabitate if I want. Now that doesn't mean that there have been times where I'm like, maybe I should relocate <laughs> to another. I country. can wear shorts. You can wear shorts. Your I hair can. is exposed. My hair is exposed. I can work. Mm-hmm. I am grateful for things like that. I own my own home. Yeah, I'm not even sure how this derailed. So, what else do we have going America. on today? <laughs> hey, before we get to you, did you mm. know that Counting Crows, which oh, is yeah. funny because I was bringing them, the, I brought them up the other day. Yeah, um, but you but really called mean another band, band yeah. them. But um, the Counting Crows, after decades, mm-hmm. is back. They put out a new album, and they're going to be—they're going to be in Denver, like this summer at some point. Oh, yeah, isn't that interesting? I'm not really into going to shows, but I'm kind of like, hmm, I'd probably go see them. They stayed at the hotel where I used to work. Oh, that's fun. Mm. Um, remember how they had that song way back when we were in college called "Anna Begins." That was one of their first albums, I, I believe. And remember how um, the other episode, I was like, my name is Anna, not Annika, not mm-hmm. Anna, da, da, da. Um, this was like one instance where I was like, I could be called Anna. Because there's, this song <laughs> there's a song called Anna Begins. And it's so good. I remember oh, like so it was funny. like my anthem for a while. That's funny. Yeah. that's So anyway, Counting Crows. Yeah. What's going on with you? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I don't know. So many, so many choices of things to talk about. Yeah. Um, Pick one. Well, I've had a little bit of bureaucracy going. I, you know, like I say, I'm like the customer service person. Now I've got some bureaucracy going on. My favorite. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, right. There are some amazing rates right now for people to refinance their homes. Yes. I've heard. Yeah. So it was amazing because um, Sean, being a veteran, was able to get us a VA loan for awesome. our house. Which, yes. Totally awesome. Except for the fact that the VA won't approve me refinancing my home hmm. um, because I'm not getting any VA benefits. Oh. So I'm going through this process of having to apply for benefits. And I really, I mean, I've written them letters and just been like, can you just throw some some money at my kid, like survival benefit, survivor benefit benefits for buddy so that i can refinance and so my case is still open and they've been collecting all this information and so this is where it gets some hilarity okay so they ask for some medical records and because i have kaiser insurance it the records don't come from the doctor's office they Mm -hmm. come from a records department so i have the records department send the va the rec the medical records from the doctor's office Mm mm-hmm so now I'm getting letters saying, hey, we received these records from the records department, but we're waiting for them from the doctor's office. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, what? So I call and uh, this one guy, he's like, yeah, no, if I click on the link, I can see they're all the doctor's stuff. Awesome. Said, okay, cool. You guys have it. So a week later, I get another letter. Hey, we're still waiting on records. You're oh, responsible no. for ensuring that the records come from the doctor's office. And I'm like, all right. So I call again and I'm like, look, I've double checked with the records department. I've called you guys already. Um, I was like, I've been told that if you click on the little link that that it's there. And the lady I'm talking to, she's like, yeah, it's there. Awesome. And I said, okay, well, I keep getting these letters. So who can I talk to in claims? Oh, they don't have phones. Oh, oh boy. Yeah. Awesome customer service. What do you, what do you mean they don't have phones? And she's like, yeah, they're... Um, they can't answer any calls. And I said, well, is there someone managing my claim? And she's like, no, there's just like a whole group of people and you can't call them. 
And so I was like, well, how, how am I I supposed to tell them to click on the link? (laughs) Write a letter and send it in the mail. Oh my gosh. Are you joking? (laughs) No. So I had to write a letter to the VA asking them to click on the link (laughs) for the records they already have in order to show that, that they have the medical records that they need. So, and all of this is so that you can prove that you're getting benefits so that no, you can so refinance your house so that I can apply for benefits. Oh, okay. So let me clarify. You are sending them this letter telling them to click on the link that has your records so that you can apply for benefits to hopefully receive benefits so that you can hopefully refinance your home mortgage through the VA. Yeah. Hmm. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like, you were like, I want a fence. In order to put the fence up, I need yeah. to take down this tree. Now that I've taken down this well, tree. Well, take down the tree, I had to take down my deck. You had to t- exactly, you take down the deck and then replace the deck. And then you had your house painted all so you could put up a fence. Mm-hmm. That's nuts. Yeah. So the other thing though, is I was like, well, there's this other, like they have some burial benefits. And I was like, well, maybe I can see if that will count. I'm like, really, just just say that you're giving me something. Um, But then what happened was I got the same application that I got for the original request for survivor benefits. I got the same application in the mail. So I called to say, like, can I just use you guys already have all the information? Like, do I have to restart this? And the guy's like, if you would just listen to me, I would tell you that you don't have. I mean, he got so cranky with me. and I was like, I'm just and it was I was having like one of my muck days. So I was like, I can't. I'm talking really like yeah. calmly and I'm like, I'm just trying to see man, dude. Um, and he was getting all Listen, amped up. Andrew. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> he's getting all amped up and he's like, yes, of course. And he's like, I'm going to put in a statement for you. And he reads a statement back to me. I said, and yes. And I, you know, if you need these financial records and he's like, I'm not putting that in your statement. If they need financial records, they'll send you a letter. <laughs> it's just like, awesome. okay. Yeah. Oh, the meanwhile, you're just trying to get this checked off your list. You know what? I feel like this should make it into your pamphlet that you're going to create your pamphlet or your book mm. um, for survivors, like the survivor's handbook. Post Some people death. don't have as much much difficulty. It turns out when I, when I talk to some people on my support group, like, I mean, the business side does take it. It does take a lot, but yeah, that's one of my things. Is- Which you guys, um, I said in that episode, whenever it was that we're copywriting that, but I meant trademarking. Oh, okay. So both of those things apply. Oh, hands for an off. aftermath coach. Yeah, hands off. It. We're A- doing it. Aftermath coach. Trademarking. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because copywriting is written that word. Is true. And- so yeah, yeah, we're owning it. Yeah. We're t- taking that idea and running with it. Yeah. And so the other thing, so I had that happen where I was like, okay, we'll just try and fit. And part of me is like, maybe I'm having to go through this whole process because other things in the universe and in my life are going to line up so that I get approval from the VA and then can refi. So if any of you actually, I'm like, do they have VA, um, what are they called? advocates or something mm-hmm. who can help because they're like you can call this line and they'll help you and no. all they do is tell me to write letters so that was happening and then i've mentioned before we abruptly lost our daycare provider <clears throat> which was kind of a bummer and it's been quite interesting trying to i finally just had to say i'm not going to look for a daycare provider for a little bit and luckily i'm off work for the summer and buddy and i can have some time but it's really interesting because i was given a list 
um, a resource list of daycares in my area, but they're, they don't identify daycares that are, have openings. And so I was Mm. making all these calls and people were getting frustrated that I was calling and they don't have any openings. And, and I don't, I don't know if, if any of you guys who listen are daycare providers, I'm just going to say, if you're snarky to a parent, even if you're full, I don't want to send my child to you. Right. Like if you're going to be rude to me, makes sense. The fact that I'm asking questions or trying to do this, like maybe you're tired and maybe it's time to look for something else. But so every person who's been rude, I'm like, I wouldn't go with you anyway because my child doesn't need to be around that. No, bad energy. Yeah. So that's been really interesting. And so then uh, multiple, multiple people on that list of the we're full were like, go through a county list. So I go through this county list. Um, but it turns out that a lot of those people, which it's supposed to be most up to date, are not accurate. Oh, so boy. I was getting more people. But um, we do have a couple interviews coming up. So I'll That's keep you guys. Good. I know. I'm like, please. He just he needs a good home. And I mean, he has a good home. With me, but I mean, <laughs> like a good home daycare. Home away from home. Yes. Daycare. Yeah. Someone who's going to live on him and where he can get more Teach of that him. social. Yeah. So come and let him play, right? Yeah. You know, he's he's kind of a tall kid, so he's often confused for being older than he is. And I just, you know. 17. <laughs> yeah. He's driving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, he yeah. Is. I did ask him the other day if he wanted to drive my car because he had my keys in his hand. He probably he pro- would try. Yeah, he probably would yeah. like that. I, I told Anna, he kind of caught me off guard the other day because... Um, he likes to throw stuff off our loft and so I'll make him go pick it up. And so he had all these cards that he had thrown and then I said, okay, let's go pick them up and you can hand them to me. And he counted them as he went like one to 10. Wow. And I was like, okay. It's also my favorite when he's singing the alphabet. He does. He does does sing the alphabet quite a bit. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, cool. So daycare. Yeah. Daycare and VA. That was kind of my week. That's a big, but but, okay, so I wanted to share this, too, because I know we're going to get to you. We got some really cool stuff that you have. But I heard this story on the radio. Yes. And um, and I was like, oh, I have to look this up. And I actually found two stories like this. Okay. okay. So this couple wants to get pregnant, mm-hmm. and they can't. So they find a surrogate, and this couple lives in the U.K., and this i heard this story i wonder and you guys are probably like hey that's old news but i'm always behind like i always say my fashion sense is a good year or two behind what's what's stories so so there's a couple in uk they get a surrogate here in the u.s and they send their nanny to come to the u.s yes to, to go get said baby and guess what happens pandemic everything shuts down covis and they haven't been able so the nanny has been raising this kid in the U.S. trying to get back to the U.K. to deliver yeah, the baby. The UK and the baby is like in. ten months old. Yep. So this this couple, right? This is yeah. what I heard. This couple, like, has this baby that they've never met except by through Facetime. I think you yeah. said that for ten, yeah. months. ten months. And this nanny, who was probably like, "I'm just going to pick this kid up." Yeah. Um, is like, I, I don't stuck know. Here. I can't even imagine. Stuck here. If you're like. I just went to go do this one thing and I'm stuck here for months and months and months raising somebody else's child. Well, and when everything shut down, right? So then not only is it like you're in a situation where you're supposed to be like the help in mm-hmm. a way, like not, I don't mean that in, in a derogatory manner, but you're, you're not sold on raising this child. Right. You that are here to was help it your job. someone. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but then also everything shut down. So yeah. all your resources, anything that you could go and do, I mean, that was a big hit for us was like libraries closed, mm-hmm. playgrounds were closed. You didn't want rec centers. You'd go for a walk, mm-hmm. but yeah, pools were closed. Like everything, children's museums, everything shut down right away. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's another story too of a couple that lives in China. Mm-hmm. Same thing. They had a surrogate here in the U.S. And this couple has for the last year been raising this couple in China's baby. Oh my god. And they're trying to figure out how they can safely reunite to get the baby to that. And they have right. their own kid. Like right. they already have their own kid and did the surrogacy yeah. for like, this, this other is couple. not our child. Mm-hmm. So th- I think that's fascinating when it comes to like conversations we've had about um the formative years and the messaging and the totally. bonding that happens during these months. I can't and even imagine that ten, how that ten month old is bonded to the nanny and mm-hmm. then you're like gonna it's like I can't even imagine that transition. You're gonna hand it over to another yeah, that's gotta be so awful for all parties. Involved. And also if you're someone who's not, right? Like the nanny didn't carry the the baby. Right. The surrogate did. And so excuse me, then you have these questions of, you know, what if like, what if the nanny and her style is not with the parents until right. like so much learning and so mm-hmm. much of that imprinting goes in that first year that I like, it's just, and I, right. And then you hope that the nanny is just as, I mean, it sounds like she, she has been like a good parent to this child. Sure. It's just not what she signed up for. Right. Oh man. And I bet, right. I know those are just a couple of the stories that have hit the media, but I bet they're not alone. Like I bet that was not an uncommon thing well, to have happen where people go and to do something get stuck and yeah i mean they talked about like people being on vacation or right like we missed it just with hawaii last year yeah. where it was just by a couple of days that we would have had to to be stuck there stuck in hawaii that would have been terrible well no job, like paying for a hotel that well that would have right? been not awesome well I, d- I just think of like going to that there was one i think it was something like bali or something where a family was stuck for like a month yeah um which, on the one hand, you can be like, Bali, that's not that bad. But, you know, when you're done with vacation and right. you're like, I'm ready to go home. I'm ready to have my own things. My peanut be. butter and jelly sandwich. And especially in a pandemic when you're like, I just, you want to, like, that was, for me, I was like, oop, I just want to be at home. I want to yeah. be around what's yep. familiar. I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. Sleep in my own bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that I was like, oh my gosh, I have to look this up and see. Because I can't even imagine. I, uh, I just, No. Yeah. If Buddy was somewhere else for 10 months, like I can't imagine that. That's a hard story. It is. Um, But fa- I was like kind of fascinated by it. I was like, oh, the COVID, like this is crazy. Yeah. All the implications, consequences. Yeah. Well, and I'm not sure. I mean, I haven't looked. Um, I'll let you tell some of your stories, but I'm going to look and see like what countries are even open now. Well, when I was looking recently, and not that I am, but I was looking recently into adoption um, just for the heck of it, because I know I talked about my foster process and that's still kind of stalled. So I haven't, there's no progress made in my foster process. But for giggles, I was like, I wonder what like adoption and international adoption is looking like right now. And the countries where... Um, there are probably more children up for that. The higher numbers of children who are up for adoption, um, because of the pandemic are closed, right? Like travel, there are travel advisories and, um, yeah, warnings galore. So it's best to not go to those countries at this time. So I don't know. It's just interesting. Like I said, the implications on economy and all sorts of 
social situations right now. My phone's not working. I can see that. And you're trying to scroll. I am. While that's happening. Another update is, um, so we talked about the um, triathlon and the sprint triathlon and how that's going. Mm -hmm. And you guys, I think I'm committed to doing the super sprint try. Okay, wait. So there's wait it's the sprint and super sprint yeah okay so there's okay. like the yes. try which yes. is full length and then full there's length, yes. a super and try then a super. Yeah. and then a super sprint right so the super try um no back up the, the sprint super, yes don't stop oh, saying words you're okay. confusing me right. the sprint try is a half a mile swim 12 mile bike ride and a 5k so 3.1 mile wog or run or whatever um the super sprint is a quarter of a mile swim eight mile bike ride and then a two mile whatever so i think i'm gonna do that i think i'm pretty committed to that i I think you'll nail it well as we've talked about i'm not really good at prepping but the swimming part i am gonna try and do like pretty regularly so that i am swimming i have to make sure my bike is tuned also yeah up tuned up a tune-up for my bike I think I need new tires. That's not awesome. But anyway, it's coming together, people. Oh, and if you're in the Colorado area in September and want to do the super sprint, try with us. Let me know. Oh, yeah. It'll be fun. They do a relay, too. I'm trying to, to see if I can do the relay, but yeah, I'm not committing to anything right now. Um, but all of that, what you were talking about in exercise... Um, made me think about this book that I'm reading for school. Mm. So I, I'm doing the summer reading thing with my school. And um, there are three groups reading three different books. And the book that I decided to read, and I don't know if I talked about this before, but if I did, I'm sorry, we're going to talk about it again. It's called Brain Brules. And Brain <laughs> Rules. It's not Brain Brules, guys. Like, what are brules? Nope. I don't know this. Nope. Brules. They're brain brules. Brain rules. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a really fun book so far, and I'm learning a lot. And um, there's a lot about the brain that I have learned through my studies and through my the presentations that I've had to do for schools and just psychology and the you know development of the adolescent brain. But I always like reading more and learning more about just the science and the neuroscience and and the the organ that is our brain. It's pretty fascinating. And the first few chapters, there's even a brain rules for babies. Mm-hmm. Anna got it for me. It made me cry. Well, I haven't read the book yet, but the fact she got me the book made me cry. Well, I mean, it doesn't take much for me to cry these days, but um, but that was very you're very of you. touched. Yeah, by an angel. Um, you are welcome. That, remember that show? I do. And then remember like how, that. um, what is her name? The actress. I'm so sorry. Uh-huh. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, she was in that Christmas movie also that I really like about yeah, an angel. I, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure that one's about an angel as well. Uh huh. I know. She plays that role well. Yeah. I'm sad. I can't think about her name, but I'll figure it out. It's a good story though. The brain book. Anyway, the first few chapters, the first one's on survival and how the brain was built for survival, right? Like it was essentially when humans first were, um, the brain helped us decide, um, or helped us figure out how we were going to survive. Right. It was all about like how not to get eaten Mm -hmm. by a saber toothed tiger, how how to run um, or be faster than the slowest person or whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, right. People talk about the lizard brain and the wizard brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Mm hmm. 
the reptilian brain yes yeah your mammalian brain like the the yes. brain stem and like that's right and oh, then you wait, get did you want me to share all that i mean this is your this fight is... flight no this is fascinating and most okay. of you guys who are listening probably know about the brain and um and how it started and how it's evolved right and now how we your prefrontal cortex which is all the organization and and rationale and logic doesn't form until you're well into your 20s correct and and it was once said, I don't know if this is still true, but it was once said that that's why rental car agencies, um, you need someone, you can't rent a car on your own um, before you're 25. Hmm. I thought that was because that's when you got kicked off your parents' insurance. I think that's all has to do, oh. I think, I think I had heard, think I had heard that's that. That's giving a lot of like, yeah. That's mm-hmm. a lot of brain research. To, well, no, I'm saying to rental car agencies. <laughs> did I say, research? Did I say the word research? You did because it, um, after I said it, I thought I said research, <laughs> and I I'm just, I don't even know on the struggle bus right today as yeah. I'm talking about the brain. Yep. Mine is really tired. Yours has been tired. So the fourth, interestingly <laughs> enough, the fourth chapter is on stress. Mm, you did, and how much stress, stress does are impact you, the brain? Are we doing a book study? I am going to tell you a little <laughs> bit before I get to stress about the exercise component because I was like, this is really important. It is important. We know we need to exercise, and this helped, right? Because I've talked about exercise and how unmotivated I am to actually do it. Yes, but in reading this book, it is very important. And right, every doctor says it. Like you need to exercise. Well, and that's one of the thirty things, minutes, like, three times a when week. I did a checkup with my doctor, which I'm I'm just gonna do like a quick side story, and then we'll get back to you and your brain. But this mm-hmm. ha- is on topic, right? They have you do those um, anxiety and depression questionnaires. Yes. And the nurse comes in and she's like, "I need to fill you to fill this out." And I just looked at her, and she looked at me, and I looked at her, and I said here's what's going to happen. I'm going to fill this out and I'm going to tell you that I'm going to pop up as depressed and anxious. And she's like, okay. And I said, but I don't need a counselor. I said, because my husband just died. And she looks at me and she goes, let me, let me go ask the doctor about this. And I said, that's fine. And so he came in and he was like, yeah, I'm not going to, it's going to be inaccurate. So I'm not going to have you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, look, I already know. And he goes, yeah. So then he comes and he's like, to exercise and he's he's very big mm-hmm. on exercise anyway, which i appreciate except for part of me like a big thing for me is initiation so sure i feel great after i exercise but initiating exercise right now can be so hard and so when he's like yeah it's really good you know at least 30 minutes a day and this is <laughs> this is my childish response in my head i didn't say this to him i was like you go exercise 30 minutes a day <laughs> like mm-hmm. you go do it who has time for that yeah. You, I, I'm in a situation right now. You go do it. But I mean, it, it is so true that when I do exercise it, I definitely feel like I did a boxing workout yesterday and that super, super, super helped, um, my grief. I mean, I'm sore and I'm dealing with it today and paying for it today, but, um, yes, exercise is a big thing. So yes, do tell it is. And you know, I like to highlight anymore. So when I'm, it is quite highlighted y'all. I can tell you that my nonfiction books, I like to highlight. So I'm going to share some things that I've learned about exercise. Okay. Are you ready? So, um, the person who wrote this book, John Medina, he, um, makes a point that he, he doesn't just, um, ascribe to like this research study or that he compiles, everything he reads everything and then this book is like the product of his study of studies right it's um what are what are, uh, like a review um like a meta-analysis yeah there you go that thing if you that will. word yeah 
Um, but so here are some really interesting things I wanted to share with you. So in the chapter of exercise, one of the questions is, is there one factor that predicts how well you will age? From his studies, he says, one of the greatest predictors of successful aging they found is the presence or absence of a sedentary lifestyle. So the more sedentary you are, the shorter your lifespan will be. Yeah. Now, are there outliers? Yes, there are outliers. Um, That's true, yeah. But this is like in general, okay? Um, A lifetime of exercise results in a sometimes astonishing elevation in cognitive performance compared with those who are sedentary. Yeah, healthy schools, people. Exercisers outperform couch potatoes. Shocking. Mm -hmm. In tests that measure long-term memory, reasoning, attention, and problem-solving skills. Not right now, but yes, in general. Right. Yes. Um, Although, right, I like his writing because he says things like short-term memory Mm. and certain times of reaction times appear to be unrelated to physical activity. So while he's telling you, like, we should be exercising because here are all the ways in which it'll improve your brain... That makes sense, though, because we talk about that like for students and stuff. And when I work with teachers, if if they allow me to work on some of the movement stuff. Right. So if you're doing like popcorn math. Right. So that's where you have like a bean right. bag and kids have to do a quick, like simple math problem. And then you throw the bean bag to another student and it goes back and forth like that. And um, but that is all about long term memory mm-hmm. because it's taking everything in the short term and locking it in the vault. Yep, yep. Hippocampus. I'll talk more about that. Oh, boy. Um, he says, if all you do is walk several times a week, your brain will benefit. And in the lab, mm-hmm. the gold standard was aerobic exercise, 30 minutes at a clip, two or three times a week. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's what my therapist, she was like, if you if you can't tolerate doing 30 minutes, can you start with five right. and like work up? So just to get that habit, we talked about habits, yes. but just to get that habit going and then even as tolerated, move, move up. Even that will benefit your mm-hmm. brain. Okay. Also, there um, there is evidence showing that exercise can um, can decrease your chances for dementia or depression. True. Um, one of the things, one of the quotes from the book is, um, so, right, a, a walk goes a long way, but he says, bump it up to a 20-minute walk every day and you can cut your risk of having a stroke one of the leading causes of mental disability in the elderly by 57%. That's insane. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. And then he talks about um, the brain and depression and stress and depression and all that. But um, overall, I I think um, one of the things that I appreciated because, right, I love, I I geek out on the brain stuff. Um, Yeah. But I'm fascinated when he says things like the brain's appetite for energy is enormous. The brain gobbles up 20% of the body's energy, even though it's only about 2% of the body's weight. Yeah. It's, it's ticking all the time, right? All the time. Well, I mean, we talk about the neuroplasticity. You talk about all the neural pathways that are being created and, and honed and have, I mean, all of that all the time. I mean, that was one of the things that they were years ago, there was something where I was talking about your pain receptors mm-hmm. and how your nervous system, like your spinal cord basically, and you guys don't quote me on this. Okay. But you know, this is something that I remember, um, for my long-term memory. <laughs> um, but the whole idea was that, um, pain receptors and how your spinal cord, um, it basically sifts information before it goes to your brain. Because if you didn't have that, then when you felt pain, it would be like, let's say you grab a hot pan or something mm-hmm. that the reaction to the brain, like if your, if your brain felt that pain, 
caffeine, yes. it would right. It, it would shut down. Yeah. It could, it would Pretty overload. Like, so, it couldn't handle it. Yeah. So the yeah. top of your spinal cord basically like reads all the information and decides for you what is going to the brain and what is it's fascinating. I love, I love brain science. Me too. Obviously. I'm reading a book about the brain. All right. Well, so I mean, in that's summary, what I did my master's on. So. Right. Okay. Oh, it's so, it's such a great computer. All right. So in summary, our brains were built for walking 12 miles a day. Our ancestors, right? That's so they would like go and find food and bring it back. It's funny because I was looking at my watch, which tells me how much exercise I've gotten. And I have one minute out of 30 today. Well, I've, I have about 1,200 steps in. So I have I have a ways <laughs> a to go. a few more miles to Talk go. about sedentary. How don't make me laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. To improve your thinking skills, move. We need to move. It's just I mean, science, people. True. That is true. Exercise gets blood to your brain, bringing it glucose for energy and oxygen to soak up the toxic electrons that are left over. It also stimulates the protein that keeps neurons connecting yeah exercise i mean they say like that's one of the things too after you read something or like go for a walk or do some exercise because that's when it also imprints did you say imprint yeah this is a, a fun word i feel like we should provide a definition for what imprint means look that up well i we use it a lot yeah yeah i mean it's for information to stay to stick yeah um so the next chapter is on sleep and there are a few things that i found fascinating about sleep now forever right it's like oh are you pulling out your dream dictionary too (laughs) well funny he talks about dreams um don't make me laugh mm -hmm. um still sore so sleep what i like he says right usually we've been saying like oh adults need seven eight hours of sleep a night and adolescents more like around 10 hours of sleep and he's like actually um each person each individual is different yep absolutely um and there are some people right everyone is like einstein only got four or five hours of sleep and you have a family friend he gets four hours of sleep that's all he needs well pops up but then he says a nap is really important yeah like because of the the rhythm i mean buddy has never been an awesome sleeper and right there's all this all these parenting books that are like they need this much sleep or that much sleep or this is the average and i finally just had to say he may not be a good sleeper and so i'm just gonna let him kind of drive drive that course and so some nights he sleeps really solid and for a long time and other nights not so much right and the brain while we are sleeping, the brain, right? The brain is not. And sometimes I think we like, oh, this is when we rest and um, rest no, from the day before and is. get ready for the day ahead. And actually the brain is like, it's on fire, especially during REM. Yeah. So I have sleep paralysis. Do um, tell. Well, so right. The whole idea is that your, your brain, fascinating, um, basically will shut your body down because otherwise you'd be acting out your dreams, right? So you have like sleepwalkers, sleep talkers. I mean, I have right. all of that. Um, I don't have night terrors, but I do the others. And, um, so sleep paralysis though is basically like it's an interim state. So your body has shut down, but your brain isn't fully off and you're not completely asleep. Mm. And so I know that I, like, I can't move, but I know that I can't move. And sometimes I have... I can recognize if I'm like in the middle of a dream, but usually it's like in that that state where you're starting to wake up a little bit or you're just about to fall asleep. Um, so you're not fully awake, but you're mm-hmm. not fully asleep. And right. It's in that, in that state where um, 
I sense that I can't move. And I, I feel it. Like, I feel it come on and I know. Like, I'll know immediately. Be like, oh, my body. Like, And it's happened a couple of times recently where I'm like, my body is so tired that it just, it's like ready to go, but my brain isn't. Yeah. In college, I went to my, I took a psych class in college and I went to my psychology professor about it when we were doing our unit on sleep. And he was like, I've never heard of that. That's impossible. That doesn't happen. And ever since then, I've read so many studies about this and read other um, personal stories from people who've had it. And I'm like, it'd be really nice for it to stop. <laughs> right. Like, it'd be really nice if it just didn't happen. Cause it does. It freaks me out. And I don't know anyone who really enjoys it. Cause I, it, yeah. It's really scary. So I remember when you um, were sleepwalking when you were little and mm-hmm. we'd find you like downstairs at the door mm-hmm. and to like just crawl you back into bed. And they say, don't wake a person yeah. if you're sleepwalking. Yeah. You could terrify them, freak them out. Well, and I feel bad because Buddy now, because um, our mom was like, um, I like went to check on him a couple of times because he was having full on conversations and she's like, and he was dead asleep. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Right. Like, yep, I passed it on to him because Sean didn't. I was like totally, he would say he would have conversations with me and I wouldn't, I wouldn't know it because I was sleep talking. And you already know that I hide things in my sleep too. So, yeah. So he talks about sleep deprivation, right? Mm. So if you're up in the middle of the night and, um, or just not getting enough sleep or not getting quality sleep. So here's what he has to say. Sleep loss takes a toll on the body too. Sure does. On functions that do not at first um, seem associated with sleep. So when people become sleep deprived, for example, their body's ability to utilize the food they're consuming falls by about one third. The ability to make insulin and to extract energy from the brain's source, glucose, begins to fail miserably. Yeah. And at the same time, you find a marked need to have more of it because the body's stress hormone levels begin to rise in an increasingly deregulated fashion. So, um, oh, he says, if you keep up the behavior, you appear to accelerate parts of the aging process. So listen to this example. If healthy 30-year-olds are sleep deprived for six days, so averaging in this study about four hours of sleep per night, even though we know some people can survive, but say, you know, many people, most people um, need more than four hours. If healthy 30-year-olds are sleep-deprived for six days, parts of their body chemistry soon revert to that of a 60-year-old. I don't doubt it. And if they're allowed to recover, it'll Being take them almost a week. sleep-deprived is awful. Aw- it is awful. Again, awful. No, everything <laughs> starts to shut down. Well, apparently my brain is shutting down. Well, he <laughs> talks about that in the beginning using an example of someone who tried to stay awake for 70, 72 hours, I think it was. Um, no. No. Uh-huh. No. 200 hours. There was a disc jockey who um, tried to stay awake for 200 hours. And at the 72 hour mark was like half the person he was before. Yeah, where people, um, they used to do those challenges where people would have to touch the car and whoever was touching, they had to stand and hold the car. And then whoever was last man standing got the car. Right. Yeah. It is fascinating. That's pretty cool. So... Right. The circadian rhythm, he says, is actually a battle between two hormones. Um, And the brain is in a constant state of tension between cells and chemicals that try to put you to sleep and cells and chemicals that try to keep you awake. So he describes it like a battle, really constant, isn't it? Well, we have we we know of someone who has a flipped circadian rhythm. Yeah. Like theirs has never actually existed correctly, which Hmm. I think would be really hard. I mean, yeah, it would just be hard. I mean, I have... And 
anagnosis, but I mean, it goes like sleep for me goes up and down. And so sometimes like the other night I was up from 12 till 3.30. I was just up and it just, yeah. And then I fell asleep around 3.30 and Buddy got up at 6. And I was yeah. like, awesome. Right. <laughs> um, and as I said, people vary um, in how many hours of sleep they need. But everybody, he says just about every human around that 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock after, in the afternoon time um, feels a pull to have a nap. That's what the siesta is about. That's exactly what the siesta is about. He's like, and and he even made mention of, you know, consider if you're working in schools or um, any business really, like how can you help your employees be their best and how can you help your students be their best? Oh my gosh. That would take like a workload a overhaul. Yeah. Well, and there was this woman where um, at one of my places of employment who she would go out to the parking lot for a nap every day. When I was pregnant, I did that. Good for you. <laughs> I would take naps in my, my car. people, I, I love like, naps. I'll be back. I can oh. nap. I'm a napper. See, and it used to be not so much now, but it used to be that I hated napping because that's when I would have sleep paralysis. Oh. It was really common. Yeah. Hmm. And I think I it's got to be related to stress because I've had it more in like the last six months than I've had in years. And so I'm hoping it'll just go away. Are you ready to hear what he has to say about stress? I underlined, I didn't have a highlighter handy, so I had a pencil nearby and I underlined like just about the entire chapter. But here are the highlights about stress. All right. Your body's defense system, the release of adrenaline and cortisol, right, is built for an immediate response to a serious but passing danger, such as a saber toothed tiger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Chronic stress. I fight those suckers off all the time. Such as hostility at home, dangerously such as hostility at home, comma, mm. dangerously deregulates a system built only to deal with short-term responses. Sure. So, right, your body's not built to deal with, like, constant, constant chronic stress. Yeah, I feel like that's not so new, though. No, it's not new. Okay. It's not new. Okay. But, but it's just not recognized or... Perhaps. Our systems, I think the issue is our systems aren't built yeah. based on that knowledge. School is no, not built based on that day, knowledge. It's all about income and money in your bottom line. It's not about the health of the individual no, who's correct. reaching that bottom line. It's about the bottom line. And I think that's what's so frustrating is that that's how we have people. We have the workaholics. We have like there are some companies that are doing really well with with changing those dynamics. But yeah. All right. What else? Um, he says under chronic stress, adrenaline creates scars in your blood vessels. Did you know that? I did Adrenaline not creates scars in your blood I don't vessels doubt it. that can cause a heart attack or stroke, and cortisol damages the cells of the hippocampus, crippling your ability to learn and remember. So yes. people who have, again, that chronic stress or, or or whatever, like if you have a decreased ability to deal with stress, mm-hmm. all these other things, it's like a domino, that domino effect. Yeah. Down the road. Um, individually, the worst kind of stress is the feeling that you have no control over the problem. You are helpless. So I think that's poignant. Yeah. And then emotional stress has huge impacts across society on children's ability to learn in school and on employees' productivity at work. Again, not rocket science. It's not new information. But in knowing this, how can we build systems or change our systems that support this information? Because as important as the brain is and, and to productivity or to learning, we definitely don't treat it like it is. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, Jelly and I bean. think, and I don't know if I, I might have mentioned the story already on the podcast, but years ago I had a student and she 
um, had dealt with, she was pretty young and she dealt with some pretty big trauma. And now, like now that I've had the trauma training I've had, I would have approached her situation mm-hmm. much differently. And, and she was ended up being pulled from the school I was supporting. But I mean, we're talking like dilated pupils on a daily basis. And I would say, um, I would say things like, okay, we're going to draw a line and she would go, okay. And then just sit there. And I'd be like, okay, so I'd say, okay, do this, right? And I would draw the line. And she'd go, okay. And her, like, her brain was in such a traumatic state where you have that with the stress, mm-hmm. like cortisol, f- fight or flight, like, so constant that she couldn't access any, like, there was nothing that she could access other than just being. Like, all she could do was exist. It's, I have no idea. I like think about her now because I'm like, man, did I feel like I, I, it's not that I did anything to continue or perpetuate sure. that trauma, but I certainly didn't help it. And I and I think of her like, oh, man, I mean, she's quite a bit older now, but um, I just wish that I had had that knowledge because I, I kept sure I like wondered and I was like, you guys, I think something's going on with yeah. her. And the school was not trauma informed enough to be able to provide her support. But I do think of that with the brain. I mean, the brain was protecting her. Right. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing, the brain, and how it is created to protect the individual. It really comes down to survival. I mean, that's why you have people who, you know, if they've had a traumatic experience, especially when they're younger, they don't necessarily remember it. And then Mm -hmm. something can trigger that memory as an adult. Right. And it's usually in your 30s. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that was like a heavier topic, like as we get to into the brain studies, but I mean, I'm really fascinated to share with you what I learn as I read well, more of yeah, the Well, yeah, we've said before, like neuroplasticity is pretty amazing and how you can change things. I mean, I think that's why like the job that I have is that you're, you're teaching people to do things in a different manner than maybe what they did before. And what's amazing is that they can learn that because of neuroplasticity. Yes. And by, cha- you know, making even just a few little changes. It's pretty remarkable. Growth mindset also, knowing and believing that you can change and you can learn and you're not stuck Yeah, with things the way they are. You're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're not alone. And uh, on that note, (laughs) I think it's time for us to go. (laughs) It's time for us to go see us. We need naps. Yeah, I need a nap. So um, my Sean T. Wyman joke of the day today is... Why is it impossible to hear a pterodactyl going to the bathroom? I don't know. I feel like we have a pterodactyl in the background. If you can hear that, I kind of hope you can. So it is impossible to hear a pterodactyl going to the bathroom because the P is silent. Oh, my God. That's ridiculous. (laughs) You're welcome, y'all. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Our affirmator today is options. As I open to the abundant possibilities of my life's path, I'm reminded that I always have unlimited options. Mm -hmm. Life is a buffet and I allow myself to choose whatever <laughs> makes me happiest without limiting thoughts like you can't put mac and cheese on your baked potato just remember that that makes it a cheesy potato <gasps> and cheesy potatoes are really good they are yummy all right you guys leave us a five-star review share us comment feedback let us know if there's any particular thing you'd like to share with us yeah thanks for tuning in today we uh, hope you learned a little something hope something, you had a something. good fourth of july happy yeah. birthday america happy summer yeah. we'll talk to you guys soon love you bye, bye. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. 
Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com.